one day, bro. I really appreciate my wife and I, my daughter Kaylee, Grace Baptist Church. You all are very blessed to have Brother Keith and his wife and family as your pastor and friends. It is a blessing to stand before each of you today. I would like you to be turning to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, and I'm going to be preaching today upon four things that touch the Lord Jesus Christ. Four things that touch the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, uh, when I was studying this message, uh, I could not help but to see you know, how much Jesus really cares. Uh, he's touched by everything in our lives. And the more I study about the Apostle Peter, the more I see uh, how that he's involved in helping us every moment of the day. In Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 14, beginning there, the Bible states, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You see, Jesus feels what we feel. That's why He went to the cross. The Bible tells us, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. In John chapter 15 and verse 13, Jesus stated that about His love for us. And so now He's our great high priest and He feels our infirmities. He says, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You see, we need mercy and we need grace. God's favor in our lives. And Christ provides that for us every moment that we live. It's by His grace that we're here today. I mean, we uh, go through so many problems in life. But you know, He guides our steps. Let us pray today. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to Your precious throne, we're so thankful for our great high priest that is always making intercession for us. We're so thankful, Lord, for Your Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us throughout our daily lives. Father, we humbly come before You with all these prayer requests. Once again, we pray for each of them. We pray for Brother Keith and his family and each one represented here today, Lord, that You would help them and watch over them. And Father, help all the spoken and unspoken requests, Lord. Be merciful to them. And Father, we'll give You the praise and the honor for everything that is accomplished. Lead and guide me, Heavenly Father, in Your Word and help us all to understand more and more about the intercession of Christ and what He's doing in our lives. Guide us and keep us and save Your little lost sheep, Lord, at Your appointed time, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. As I was looking at how Christ looks at our infirmities and He sees us, I see that every day in our lives there is a trial. Uh, and the Bible tells us that this trial is very, very precious to Almighty God. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7 the Bible tells us that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see, a lot of times we fail in our trials. And the Apostle Peter is an example of that. We are an example of that. 
Because we sin many, many times. The Bible tells us throughout the day that we are not even aware of. And uh, that you know our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible tells us. Uh, and so we need Jesus every moment of our life. And I want us to look, you know, when Peter fell into sin, you know, he went and he walked with the Lord there for three and a half years. And where Jesus went, you found Peter. Peter was a man that was always doing uh, things. He had to be active. And uh, Jesus warned Peter, you know, that he was going to deny him three times. And uh, this is right at the end of the ministry of Christ. And Peter is totally astonished about this infirmity that he is going to go through. In John chapter 14, verse 1, uh, after Jesus told him this, He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. You see, even though he knew Peter was going to deny him three times, and uh, he was going to curse and do all these things, uh, he was telling him about that home in heaven that he was going to prepare for him. He still had him upon his mind, just like he has you and I upon his mind whenever we are going to fail. He presently knew that he was going to fall. And one of the things that's amazing, after Christ resurrected, he said, go and tell Peter also. Peter went out and he had wept bitterly because of his failures. His trial that he went through and he did not succeed in. I mean, Jesus had told him that Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Did you know that Jesus is praying for you even though He knows you're going to sin today? I have prayed for thee. That's how much He loves you. You see, love covers a multitude of sins, the Bible tells us. And we have a multitude of them. And so we need a Savior, an intercessor. And so we have one. And He helps us in our infirmities. And so we find that that Peter, he said, No, Lord, I won't deny thee. Remember Him saying that? Although they all forsake thee, I won't do that. But he did, didn't he? He did. And uh, we see that after he did, the Bible tells us that Jesus just looked at Peter. He looked at him. And can you imagine? It wasn't. How do you think that look looked? He was like, I still love you, Peter. You're still mine. I still have that mansion I told you about. That you're going to have. You know, Peter's got this going on in his mind. He knew what Jesus told him after he said he was going to die in three times. But Peter, he saw Jesus. We know the effects of it. He went out and he just wept bitterly. And so, you know, many times in our lives, we know what we need to do. We know that this is going to be a hard trial in life. And Satan would like to take us out. Cause us to lose our reputation and everything. And maybe we will. But you know what? You don't lose your salvation. I can see Jesus with meekness. You know, Moses was the meekest person upon the earth besides Christ. 
And I can see Jesus in his meekness just looking at Peter. And Peter saw that love and that compassion. You know, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, it talks about us whenever we fall short of the glory of God. It says, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a thought, that's a sin. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Right. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Jesus has told the apostles, pray that you enter not into temptation. How many times should we be praying and we don't, just like them, and we go ahead and enter into temptation? I can see Jesus, as He has told us to encourage one another in the spirit of meekness, He was encouraging Peter with that look. That's why He went out and He wept bitterly. So I see today that Jesus is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Our failures that we go through. He's touched. That's why He turned. He knew what He was about to go through. They were about to mock Him. Spit upon Him. Put a crown of thorns upon Him. But He still had Peter upon His mind. He still turned and He noticed Peter. Peter was following afar off. Out of fear. It was a dangerous time. And we see that Satan, he got the best of him at that moment. And we all know all the rest of the apostles, they forsook the Lord too. So they all had to repent, didn't they? They all did. But you see that, that Jesus went ahead and, and let them know that He was still their friend. He was still their Savior. He was still going to be their intercessor. No matter what. No matter how many times they failed in life. He was never going to forsake them. And He's not changed any. He's the same yesterday and today and forevermore. He is still there for us. So we can see that even when we fall short of His glory, that He has this everlasting love for us. We know that... Peter was the one that fell at his feet three years prior to this and said, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. Jesus didn't depart from him then. And he wasn't about to depart from him during these failures. Right. I want us to notice, secondly, that he's touched by our problems that these sins cause us. Look in John chapter 13. Let us turn over there, if you will, today. As we see our Savior making intercession for us. John chapter 13. Listen to Peter and Jesus here. The Bible states in verse 37, Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. He's sincere. He means it. They had bought two swords. Verse 38, Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? See, we can look back and we can see that Peter, he did lay down his life. But not at this point in time. Right. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shalt not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. And then he goes on there in verse 14 as I've stated. He tells Peter this right after he tells him that he's going to deny him. So we see that 
He knew Peter was going to sin. He knew that he was going to fall short of his glory. Just like he knows us. Have you fallen short this week? Have you felt felt unworthy of the least of his tender mercies? We all do. We cannot get away from our sinful nature, our weaknesses that we have. We all groan within ourselves. The Bible teaches us waiting for the adoption to wit. <laughs> waiting for this glorified body. But I see that Jesus is very, very concerned in the problems that sin caused us. Peter felt horrible, didn't he? Just as you will feel horrible when you realize you have failed the one that loves you so dearly. The one that has this everlasting love for you. Oh, I'm glad He makes us whole. I'm glad He he makes us whole and cleanses us from all of our sin. That's what our Savior does. When He turned and just looked at Peter, how long did He go out and weep for? Did He shed just a tear or two? I believe it was more than just a tear or two. You know, it was a lot. Because his heart was just totally broken. Have you ever just let yourself so down that you just got so depressed you just couldn't hardly come out of it? I believe God's children get that way many times. We're not exempt from that because we're human. But we need to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Just as He told Peter, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail thee not. He prays for us every day. That our faith fails not. Because He's the author and finisher of our faith. We need to always be looking unto Jesus. The one that has so much love for us that it it far surpasses my understanding. But I know He does. I wouldn't be standing here today if He didn't. I want to notice thirdly, He is touched by our pain. When Peter wept bitterly, Jesus was touched by that. That's why He said, go and tell Peter also. When you fall short and you've repented, Jesus is touched by that. He was touched when it was causing you the problem, when Satan was wanting to tempt you and test you. He was touched that you were even going to go through that. He put things in motion. Did you know God has always got things in motion? And it's always working together for our good. God is good. God is good all the time. So thirdly, He is touched by the pain that we feel. Look in Luke chapter 22. I want us to turn there if you will today. As we consider how He is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Luke chapter 22. Look in verse 60. Beginning there. The Bible says, And Peter said, Man... I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned 
and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord. Peter finds work in his hand. He remembers what Jesus had told him in John chapter 14 about let not your heart be troubled, and how that that rooster was going to crow three times. How he had said unto him, Before the cock crowed thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. We're not any different from Peter. But Jesus knew the pain that Peter would go through before he ever went through it. Look at the pain that Mary had when she lost her brother. And we know how the Bible states that, how Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus comes upon the scene and He sees all the friends of Mary and Martha. And Mary comes to Him and she falls at His feet because of the death of her brother. He said, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not have died. And we find that in the pain and in the agony that Mary was going through, and Martha, as he saw her weeping, we read in the Bible how that he wept. You see how he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities? When we lose those that are the closest to us, our dear ones, and we weep and we sorrow, He's right there. He feels all of our infirmities in heaven. It's hard for me to imagine the endless supply of His love for us that He feels out of every one of His little children. He doesn't leave any of us out. He'd already talked with Martha and told her that He was the resurrection and the life. and He that lives and believes in Him should never die. And she said, I believe that thou art the Christ the Son of God which should come into the world. But then, when He comes to the graveside, you know, she says, He's been dead four days now. And He tells her, if thou only would, would believe, you would see the glory of God. But He encounters Mary right after this. And as she's weeping, and the family and the friends are weeping, he feels that pain. And he begins to weep. And he goes to that grave and he raises Lazarus from that grave. So we see that he feels our pain. It also reminds me of the story with the little woman that was a widow. With only one son. This lady lived in name. And as Jesus walks by and the funeral is going on, as they're carrying the casket, we see that He stops. He feels the pain of this poor widow that has only one son. And we see that He raises him from the grave. Raises him from the coffin, I should say. Raises him from being dead. And he done it because of the poor widow. Because he felt her pain. 
He felt what she was going through. She's going to be totally left alone. Have you ever felt like you're going to be left alone? That you don't have anyone? Oh, she had a lot of friends there. But losing that one that's closest to you. She's already a widow. And now her only son. And you know what the Bible tells us? That Jesus, whenever He raises him, He presents him to her. Isn't that a wonderful story? Look in Luke chapter 7. I talk about these stories and then I turn and read them. Because <laughs> they are so precious. I learn more and more every time I read the Scriptures about these stories that God gives about what His Son has done. In Luke chapter 7, I want us to look. Beginning in verse 11. The Bible says, And it came to pass the day after that He went into a city called Nain, and many of His disciples went with Him, and much people. Now when He came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of His mother. And she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, He had compassion on her. See how He feels our infirmities? When He saw her, just when He turned and He saw Peter, He was having compassion on Peter. And now He's having it on her. Just like He did with Mary and Martha. And said unto her, Weep not. He didn't tell Peter to stop weeping. But he felt Peter's pain. But he tells this widow to stop weeping. He'd watched her weep for a while. So he says, weep not. And he came and he touched the bier, the coffin, and they that bare him stood still, and he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he... That's Jesus delivered him to his mother. He did it. Jesus delivered him. Look how personal Jesus was with this dear widow that he loved so much. When he raised Lazarus from the grave, he said, Loose him and let him go. You see, Jesus cares about every little pain that we have, every big pain. Everything that tears into our heart, He knows it. He's a part of it. Whether you see Him there or not, He's there. That's why Romans chapter 8 is so very important. In verse 28, wherein it tells us, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. Everything is working together for your good. God has all things in motion. All the time. He doesn't get tired. We don't have to understand it. We just need to trust Him. We just need to throw ourselves upon His mercy and say, help us, O Lord. Guide us. And He will. Peter sure didn't know what was coming next. And we're going to notice that. Because when Jesus goes onto the cross, Mary Magdalene comes with the news that she saw the Lord and they just can't believe it. 
It happened twice. He saw two more disciples on the Emmaus walk. As they were walking down the road, and he talks to them, and they tell Peter, and they still don't believe. And we know that Jesus comes and he, out of meekness, he instructs Peter and them for the hardness of their heart. But there's something else that, that Peter did that we can see wherein God Almighty, out of His love and mercy for Peter, He still helps him. You remember when Peter was first saved? Peter was called to be an apostle. And James and John, his partners, they were too. And we find that they left that business and Jesus was making them to be fishers of men. Well, after Christ was crucified and He was witnessed by many, including Peter and James and John and Thomas. We all know the story of Thomas, how he would not believe unless he's seen Jesus Himself. And we know that out of love, Jesus, after eight days, He showed Himself and He took away Thomas's doubt. Right. Well, Peter and some of the rest decides they're going to go fishing. We all know this story, don't we? After the resurrection of Christ, he's not fishing for men now. He's going back to his old trade. And here goes James and John. They're ready to go too. And we know the story. It's another night that they caught nothing. But Jesus is very much aware. He's got dinner prepared for them. And we know that Jesus, He meets them. After they toiled all night long, of course, He waited. Isn't it amazing how patient Christ is with us? He can stop Peter from going fishing and the apostles following after Him. James and John and Thomas. But He let them all go. Sometimes the Lord allows us to do things that we shouldn't do just to teach us lessons. I don't read anywhere in the Scriptures after Peter did this, the apostles, the apostles that they went fishing. <laughs> but I find that they sure left what God had called them to do that night. So I want to look and I want us to notice today that he's touched by the anxieties and the worries that we have. Peter was worried. He had a lot of anxiety. He was a person that needed to be doing something all the time. So he's going to go fishing. His Savior's gone. He's in, he already knows what He promised him. But now what to do? He saw Him crucified. Do you think they could have been thinking, well, I'm next? But anyway, we know that the Lord was going to help them. I want us to turn, if you will, to the John chapter 21. Let us turn to John chapter 21. That food sure smells good. I'm going to have to close in <laughs> just a moment. John chapter 21. 
I want us to notice here, if you will, in verse 2. The Bible says, There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. They said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. Notice there was no hesitation. Boy, they made a bad decision quickly. This is a good lesson for us to learn today. Don't make rash decisions. They went immediately and that night caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And when Jesus asked questions, it's not that He doesn't know the answer. He was the one that controlled all those little fish in that sea that they didn't catch one. He knew they had nothing. They answered Him, No. And He said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. The blessing came directly from the hand of Christ and He's wanting them to see that they will not lack nothing when they follow Him. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three, for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask Him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. He said, Come and dine. Now He knew that every one of His little sheep, His apostles here, they went astray and they went fishing. But here He's saying, Come and dine. You see, He's touched when we go the wrong way as little sheep, when we stray. And He put them all right back on track. We see how He lovingly rebuked Peter and the apostles. And He showed them that He cared by having them a meal after they had caught nothing. And He showed them how much they could receive when they listened to Him. They need to be back preaching the Gospel. We know that the first sermon that, that he preached, there was 3,000 people saved, weren't they? 3,000 people came to the Lord. And then 5,000 right after that. He didn't go back fishing for fish. He was fishing for men. And it was all because that Jesus felt all of his infirmities. And was going to help him through these, these trials that he went through. Just like you and I. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 26 in closing today, the Bible tells us, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, 
But the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, Jesus is always making intercessions for us. Hebrews 7, verse 25, Wherefore He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing that He ever liveth to make intercession for them. I'm glad I'm one of them, ain't you? If you're not today, and you feel the Lord working with you, and you know you need to surrender your life to Him, why don't you trust Him? Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Follow after Him. He's the great shepherd. There's more joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth than 99 just persons which need no repentance. Brother Keith, would you come today? God bless you all. Thank you, brother. Let's all stand, brother Gordon, and embrace the Son. Page 164.